Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Helping kids achieve financial freedom as adults involves more than giving them money or paying for their education. It's also critical to give them the knowledge and mindset they need to accumulate, manage, and grow wealth over their lifetimes. This show will review six ways to set your kids on a path to financial success. You'll learn when to start saving for a child, the best accounts to use, and how to inspire them to become financially literate. Hey friends, welcome back to the Money Girl Podcast. I'm Laura Adams, an award-winning author. My most recent book is called Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. I wanna quickly thank Hallie S. for submitting a verified purchase review on amazon.com, giving the book five out of five stars. She said, seriously life-changing for my business. I'm not completely finished with the book, but it's already provided me with so much value and significantly lessened my anxiety and stress when it comes to facing money management in my business. With so many videos, blogs, courses, etc. out there, I feel like this book cuts through it all and gives you the essentials and lesser-known tips that tend to get lost in a lot of other resources. There are some productivity tips in there as well that I've adopted and use on a daily basis. I couldn't recommend this book enough. Well done. Allie, thank you so much for that great review. And when I'm not writing, I'm here behind the mic bringing you personal finance tips. I've been doing it every week since 2008 with over 41 million downloads. As always, you can reach me using my contact page at lauradadams.com. That's also where you can learn more about my work, books, and money courses. You can also leave a message, a show topic, or a money question by calling 302-364-0308. All right, let's get into today's topic, which is a really great one. I love talking about how to make kids wealthy. First of all, I just wanna say if you're a parent, I think getting clear about your own financial goals is essential before you can help your kids. Of course, you want the best for your children, but you also need to make wise decisions for your own financial future. So if you sacrifice your financial security to save for your kids or put them through college, you may find yourself relying on them to support you in your old age. So I wanna make sure you're only setting aside money for your kids when you can genuinely afford it. If you're a longtime podcast listener, you already know that I recommend saving at least 10% 
10 to 15% of your gross income for retirement. And that's before saving for your kids. And if you're, let's say, less than 20 years from retirement and you haven't reached at least 80% of your savings goal, I want to encourage you to stay exclusively focused on building your retirement nest egg. Yes, I know it might sound a little cold-hearted for a parent to refuse to pay for a child's education. Just remember that kids have options. You know, they can work, they can get scholarships, take out federal student loans, etc. But you will not have any loans or grants to support you in retirement after you stop working. Now, later on, let's say you end up with a surplus of retirement savings. You could help a child by paying off their debts or giving them cash gifts, again, later on when you're in the the best position to do it. So the bottom line is that you've got to shore up your own financial well-being first, even if that means saving nothing or less than you'd like for your kids. So with that said, let's talk about six ways to prepare kids for financial freedom. The first is to use a bank savings account. So this is where you could put their gifts, you know, any cash windfalls that they have. You can put money in an FDIC-insured bank savings account. This is one of the safest places to save for a child's future. Now, the problem is it doesn't come with many benefits. A regular savings account pays relatively low interest, albeit a lot more than it was a few years ago. And what you earn in the account, that interest gets taxed as income. Now, if you have a large amount to save, I would consider getting a high-yield savings account. These can pay up to 10 times the national average for a regular savings account. However, what you earn is still lower than some other options that we'll cover. For example, if you save $100 a month for 20 years and you're putting it in a bank account earning 0.25% interest, you'd accumulate less than $25,000. But if you put that same amount in a high yield savings, making 4.5%, you'd have almost $37,000 after two decades. Now, another option is to open a Certificate of Deposit, or CD, with a bank or other financial institution. They typically have higher returns. CDs can be FDIC-insured, and they're also very, very safe. With a CD, you loan money to the institution, which then lends it to their customers, and you receive a set rate for a period, which is called the term. And CD terms could be, you know, a few months up to several years. In general, the longer the term, the more interest you receive. And when the term is up, you receive your initial deposit plus any interest that accrued. Using FDIC-insured bank savings, high-yield savings, or a CD means that it's entirely safe from investment risk. But in exchange for that safety, they're going to pay modest interest. So that means you could be leaving many thousands of dollars on the table compared to investing the funds. And we'll talk more about some of those accounts where you can invest for kids. And that leads me to the second way you can help prepare kids for a strong financial future, which is open a 529 college savings plan. And if you listened to the show last week, you know that's what it was all about. I had an interview with a 529 expert from Pelican, and that show is called How a 529 College Savings Plan Makes College More Affordable. 
And paying for college is definitely the most common reason parents want to save money for their kids in the first place. So if you or your child know that college is in the future, one of the best options is a 529 plan. So with these plans, you contribute funds on any schedule you like. You choose how to invest them from a menu of options like mutual funds. And your 529 funds can be withdrawn tax-free if you use them to pay qualified education expenses. And there are a lot of them. It could be tuition, fees, books, required equipment, computers, room and board, etc. Funds in a 529 plan can be spent at U.S. accredited schools and even at some foreign institutions. You could even live in Florida, participate in a New York 529 plan, and use the funds to send a child to college in California. And thanks to recent legislation in the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, now you can also spend up to $10,000 per beneficiary per year tax-free on elementary and secondary school expenses. So that gives parents the flexibility to withdraw funds for a younger child attending a public, private, or religious school. You can use a 529 plan no matter how much you earn, and the maximum annual contribution limit depends on the plan you choose, but many of them have very high limits. It could be over six figures per student. An important thing to note about 529 funds is that the account belongs to the owner, which is typically a parent, and the account can have one designated beneficiary who is the student, the future student. So if you want to save for more than one child, you generally need to open an account for each of them. However, you can change a beneficiary to another member of the family or even rollover funds to another 529 without triggering any taxes. There's another really nice feature that was created by the Secure 2.0 Act called the 529 Rollover to Roth IRA. This is going to begin next year in 2024. And it's really great if you have unused funds in a 529 plan. So if your beneficiary, if the student has a Roth IRA, you can move a certain amount of those unused funds into their Roth IRA. However, you do have to have the 529 open for at least 15 years, and there is a lifetime limit on that rollover. It's $35,000 per beneficiary, plus any 529 contributions and their earnings made within the past five years cannot be transferred to the Roth IRA. So this means that your child has to have some amount of earned income to qualify for a Roth IRA in the first place. For 2023, you can contribute up to $6,500 to a Roth IRA if you're under 50 and have that much earned income. So again, this tax-free rollover benefit only applies to working older children, you know, teenagers or maybe preteens with a part-time job, but it may give them an excellent head start on retirement savings. And if you're interested in learning more about Roth IRAs for kids, I did a show called Roth IRA Rules for Minors, How to Make Kids Millionaires. So look for that show to dig into more details. 
So due to the benefits that come with a 529, like the tax advantages, flexibility, and high contribution limits, it gets my vote as the best account when you're looking to save for a child's education. Additionally, your 529 funds are a smaller factor in the calculation for financial aid than some other options that we'll cover. The main drawback to a 529 is that if you use those funds for non-qualified education expenses, you will have to pay income tax plus a 10% penalty on the withdrawals of account earnings. You do pay tax on the contributions up front, so it's really only the earnings portion that would be subject to penalty. So never put more in a 529 plan than you estimate your child will need for their total education expenses. And to sign up for a 529, you can go to a plan manager, you can use a financial advisor, or you can start doing your homework at a site like Pelican at pelicaninvests.com. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business, economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses, and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
Okay, the third way to set your child up for financial freedom is to invest using a UGMA or UTMA account. Now, I've done a podcast on this topic before. It's called UGMA and UTMA Accounts, Understanding the Benefits and Drawbacks. It's show number 784. But I'll give you an overview here. Uh, And the deal with these accounts is that in most states, minors cannot own investments and financial products in their names. So that means parents can't just give investments or transfer assets to a minor child without creating a trust first or opening a custodial account. And these accounts stand for Uniform Gift to Minors Act. That's the UGMA. And there's the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act the UTMA. And most states have both of these options. They allow investments for minors, such as mutual funds or real estate, to be held in the care of an account custodian. And you can set one of these up at most banks and brokerage firms. And then you can make withdrawals to cover expenses that benefit a child, such as education and health care. And then when the child becomes an adult, which is usually 18 or 21, depending on where you live, the account assets automatically transfer into the child's name. Now, the main benefit of using a UGMA or UTMA account is that you can give a child as much money or assets as you like. There are no annual limits, and a portion of the account's investment earnings gets taxed at your child's income tax rate because the child technically owns it, and that can reduce taxes. The downside of these accounts is that once the child reaches the age of majority, parents have no control over how the child spends the funds because they own it. That also means that custodial accounts are more of a factor in the calculation for financial aid than accounts owned by a parent, such as a 529 plan. The idea is that if a child owns money in their name, that they shouldn't have a problem using those funds for college. So anyway, there is that downside if you're thinking about using those funds in the account for college. Okay, the fourth way to help set up a child for financial success is to help them contribute to a Roth IRA. Many people don't realize that kids can have an IRA if they have earned income. So they've got to have a part-time job or even be self-employed. As a parent, you can make an IRA contribution on your child's behalf for up to as much as they earn up to the annual limit. And this year, the limit is $6,500 when you're under age 50. But you cannot fund an IRA for an infant or a toddler who can't legitimately earn income. So this is only available for working older children. Again, they've got to have some type of earned income to qualify. And unlike other retirement accounts, you can withdraw your original contributions, but not the earnings, from a Roth IRA before retirement without having to pay taxes or an early withdrawal penalty. So that's some really nice flexibility that makes a Roth IRA a great account to invest for retirement and for a child's future expenses. And if you want to learn more, podcast 775 called Roth IRA Rules for Minors, How to Make Kids Millionaires, would be a good one to listen to. All right, the fifth way to help a child achieve financial freedom is to buy life insurance. 
Life insurance is a contract that pays one or more beneficiaries after the policyholder's death. And there are two main types. You can get term or permanent or both. Term life insurance pays a cash benefit if you die within a period or a term. That term could be five years, 10 years, 20 years, etc. And a permanent policy covers you no matter when you die. And it may also accumulate a cash value that you can tap or even allow it to grow for a child. If you're relatively young and healthy, a $500,000 20-year term life policy may only cost about $20 a month or less. So it's very affordable, and it's wise to cover both parents, even if one is a stay-at-home caretaker, because the cost to replace that person if they were no longer around could be significant. If you get life insurance through work, think about the fact that it, you know, it just may not be enough. You can get multiple policies. Most companies offer coverage in an amount equal to one or two times your annual salary. And depending on your financial needs and your family size, you may need much more. You know, you may need coverage in an amount equal to 10 times your income. That's kind of a general rule of thumb, but you may need much more or less. And if you don't have any dependents, you don't have anybody who would be harmed financially if you died, you may not need any life insurance. Also, remember that if you leave your job or you get terminated, your life coverage will end. And since you can have multiple policies, it's just wise to maintain your own coverage in addition to any you may get through work. Now, the downside of life insurance is that it typically doesn't provide a benefit until the policyholder dies. However, as I mentioned, if you have a permanent policy that builds cash value over time, you could tap it to pay expenses for a child, like for education or even buying them a vehicle. And the sixth way to help a child reach financial freedom is to encourage financial education. The sooner you can talk to your kids about spending, saving, investing, and giving money, the better. You might give them books, games, or even apps designed to teach financial literacy skills and concepts that are appropriate for their age. And of course, kids are listening to you and watching their parents' attitudes and habits around money. So being a good financial role model is probably the best way of all to prepare kids for a successful future, even if you can't afford to save much money for them right now. I hope this has been helpful for parents or anyone who wants to be a parent someday. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchins. And our marketing and publicity associate is Davina Tomlin. Mm-hmm.